Titus O'Reilly here to just remind you quickly of Bazaar Plus, our membership program for even more Mick and Titus, just talking nonsense. Go to the link in our show notes if you want to join up. It's Sports Bazaar. Welcome aboard, everyone. Anyone isn't happy. We call it all off immediately. The hunt for the weirdest. There you go. Can you put out a fact sheet with this? <laughs> Blow my mind. I don't. I can't <laughs> keep up. Strangers. Catastrophic, amazing, bizarre. Multiple layers of stupidity coming together. What could go wrong? Most unbelievable. It's like a Coen Brothers movie. Stories to ever occur. They're only going to get weirder from here. Get comfy, everyone. Some good, some bad. And some just bizarre, which we love. In the world of sport. How many chimneys could you do in a day? I've researched the tool. To France, not Jimmy. Sports Bizarre. Right, police are called in. <laughs> For the players. Dennis Rodman is telling you to calm down. Testicle soup. Can I just stop you for a second? Don't act like you've never done this. I feel like once again we've strayed away from what I've researched. It's time for the leaders of the hunt. An old couple who've got our spark back. It's Titus O'Reilly and Mick Malloy. Welcome back to Sports Bazaar for part five. Can you believe it? Part five of our ongoing examination of the dodgy road to Qatar. And FIFA's involvement. Hello, Titus. <laughs> I just, I'm just staggered where we've come from. Where are we right now? Can you recap for us? Well, where, where we where are we leave it? I think we thought we, this would be two episodes, and yeah, we're now right. in about no. five. And then <laughs> we're recording this while the World Cup's on. Correct. And, yeah, and spoiler alert: FIFA seemed just as oh, off the ball. <laughs> like it's amazing. So where we were is. Where our story had got on in the first four episodes is going right back to the start of FIFA, how they'd got here. We'd got to the point where Sepp Blatter had been president. He'd then steered through a few controversies. In 2010, they appointed the World Cup for 2018 and 2022. First time ever, two. Two at once. Two at once. And what could go wrong? We covered all the stuff about, you know, they'd, they'd had the issues with MasterCard. They'd screwed them over to get Visa in. They'd then done these dodgy deals around. Yeah the 2018-22 to the Qatar and, and Russian World Cups. Yep. And so the point of the story right now is we're getting into 2011 and they've announced Qatar and Russia. Yep. So that's just been announced. A <laughs> couple the, of bombshells, couple is of that bomb- fair to say? <laughs> and uh, look, everyone's been proven wrong. Qatar's been a massive success. <laughs> How many people have jumped ship? Oh. Uh, Morgan Freeman, David Beckham. I yeah. mean, they were all part of the Americans and the and the English. Yeah, that's right. They're all against why, it. Why would they do like, that? Can you think? I think it's called money. And I, w- I just want to put out there too, you and I are very willing to take Qatarian money. We'll if, stop if, this right now. <laughs> we'll stop this mid-podcast if uh, the price is right. There doesn't need to be an episode six Qatarians. Everything is about money. There was a quote from, do you remember that cartoon Calvin and Hobbes thing? But there's a quote from that where he says, what depresses me, you know, that everyone has a price. He says, what depresses me is how low it is. <laughs> and it's so true with some of these guys, right? Like, what cartoon was that? Calvin and Hobbes. It was an old um, American one, but there Fred was Fred Bassett, man. Yeah, really <laughs> I like Fred that. Bassett. The biggest influence on your comedy uh, career. Yeah, he was Andy Cap. <laughs> Andy Cap. Andy Cap. <laughs> I used to read that as a kid, and it perplexed me then. <laughs> <laughs> Hagar the Horrible. Remember Hagar the Horrible? I remember Hagar the Horrible. A bit demeaning to Vikings. Andy Cat, though, he was always drunk asleep on the couch. I remember most yeah, of it. Yeah. Easy to draw. Like an autobiography. <laughs> what about Snake Tales? Were you a Snake Tales man? I wasn't really Snake Tales man. What happened to the comic Wizard section of in the paper? They Wizard got rid of it just recently. Why? Well, I think there's barely newspapers now. So. 
<laughs> so um, corruption, money, so FIFA. corruption, money, FIFA, FIFA have awarded Qatar Russia that dust is not settled. Everyone's furious on that. So they're rolling into 2011, and in the lead up to, there's going to be a 2011 FIFA president election. Sepp Blatter has not been challenged for the presidency since 2002. No. So suddenly this year is important to him. The person that's going to challenge him is Mohammed bin Hamman, who was the guy who lent him the plane. He's a Qatarian. Qatari. He lent the plane to Sepp Blatter in 1998 to get him elected. It's 2IC? Is he, is he... He's the head of the AFC, the Asian Football Conference, and then he was high up in FIFA. Yeah. Been aligned to Sepp Blatter. Um, had a like lot of a money. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was uh, and he had helped secure the games for Qatar. So suddenly Blatter's facing this guy oh, as no. his – and unlike some of the clean skins or cleaner skins he'd battled for other presidencies, this guy – This guy knows how to knows fight how the game works. So rolling into this, it wasn't helped by Sepp Blatter did an interview where he kind of claimed that if there was racism on the pitch, whatever's happened – Whoever's affected and has the racism comment made to them by a, another player. Yes. This is a game. We're in a game. And at the end of the game, we shake hands. So he basically says people should just get over racism on the pitch if there's a handshake after. This outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> we have oh. seen this before, though. You did cover this in that they were spitting on each other and at the end they were shaking hands. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's, that's going back to the first. That's going back to the very early. Very so. early, but. That was the 60s Celtic versus uh, Racing Club. Yeah, yeah that's right. That was So that was in the 60s, but this is 2001. He says right. this. He gets in all this trouble. David Cameron, who's then Prime Minister, yes. comes out and says this horrible anti-racism campaigners are coming out and criticising him. FIFA, all they do in response is they put a picture up of Blatter hugging the South African politician. Do you remember Tokyo Sex Whale? Well, I would remember Tokyo Sex Whale. <laughs> that was his name. That's like his porn I name? I think it's or? Tokyo Sawali or something like that, but it is it is written S-E-X-W-A-L-E. Yeah, you, do you remember that name? No, I don't. Oh, yeah, so he was, he, Google was, it. he was a politician from South Africa. Do not Google it. Anyway, <laughs> Tokyo Sex Whale, no. Blatter just puts a picture of him hugging him because he's black. So right. That was his response, well, right? Rio Ferdinand, the former Manchester United yes. defender, um, I think he's still playing at the time, he starts getting into a fight on Twitter with Blatter, <laughs> of which Blatter starts responding wow. and just getting stuck into him. He's like the Elon Musk of his day. Yeah, so he starts shaming. Rio Ferdinand says, you know, do you think just putting a picture of you and a black man is going to cover up what you've said? <laughs> and, and Blatter decides, well, I'll just get on my high horse and go, yeah. hey, that's not just a black man. You call him by his name. It's Tokyo Sex Whale. <laughs> He's done tremendous work against racism and apartheid in Africa. So he starts getting stuck in. So this is not really what he wants rolling sure. into the presidential no, election, not, right? Not Suddenly, though, he's faced with Mohammed bin Haman, who's this guy who, unlike all the other guys, knows how to get elected. He knows the ropes. He, he knows he, how the system yeah. works. All this other stuff is happening in the background, but at the time, our dear friend Sepp Blatter doesn't know this is happening. Right. And this would kill off a lesser man. So our good <laughs> our good friends Chuck Blazer and Jack Warner. Oh, well, here they come. The American and the Trinidad <laughs> guy who control the central and They worked it out really North quickly where the, where the seat of power was. That's right. So they've the been Caribbean. loyal to Sepp Blatter. These are the guys that are taking all the money and they are like big involved in the buying off of World Cups yeah. and things like that. 
we last when we left Chuck Blazer, I think he'd been visiting Putin, and Putin had offered him photos for his travel blog. His remember? Travel blog. <laughs> Chuck and Friends? Yeah, Chuck, Chuck, Chuck and, and Friends. You showed me a picture yeah. of Chuck Blazer yeah. with Nelson Mandela on a 21-hour flight and they sat together on a private plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. If you have a look at that photo yeah. and look at Nelson Mandela, this is a man who spent how long in jail? Oh, yeah. And I think he was more comfortable in that jail cell he was than on that 21-hour flight. With Chuck Blazer. <laughs> have a look at the look on his face. Check him out. Well, the thing is, so Blazer gets back from Moscow and he gets an email from Jack Warner, you know. Mm. So Jack Warner's the president of CONCACAF, yeah. the Central and North American and Caribbean. Yes. Obviously, all this time Chuck Blazer's been his right-hand man. Like, he's the general secretary. So the email says from Warner, Blazer, you're going to get some payment soon. You've been asking about this payment. And the payment was... When they agreed to stitch it up so South Africa got the World Cup, yes. uh, what had happened is Warner had got $10 million from South Africa and then yeah. $1 million of that was owed to Chuck Blazer. Mr. 10%. Yeah. I think it was his nickname. It was his nickname. <laughs> so Blazer hasn't seen this, even though it's now no. getting on a bit from it. It was six years earlier. But he's not that worried because there's so much money floating around between these guys. Yeah. And he figures out, oh, I think the the reason was, and it was true, the reason was South Africa had figured it was getting hard to work out how to get the money, the bribe, because moving $10 million, as we've discussed through these things, is hard. They were having a bit of trouble. So finally they managed to figure out a way to get the money at the Chuck Warner. And so Warner finally um, gets his email saying it's coming and then finally some money comes in and at $205,000 comes and it gets sent to Blazer. So Blazer gets the check, and normally he would send it to his bank in the Cayman Islands. And I mentioned this in the early one about the problem always is not being bribed but then hiding Hiding. the money, right? So normally, but what he did this day is in his apartment in Trump Town, instead of sending it to the Cayman, he just took it down to a bank. Um, He was with Merrill Lynch. He just took it down to Merrill Lynch, which was near him, and deposited it there. Idiot. So he didn't really think much about it, right? So... What had happened here is, though, is that meant he was suddenly on the Americans finally Later. pick him up yeah. and go, "This is a, what's this money? Because they were watching him. Sure. They'd start to worry. Meanwhile, Mohammed bin Haman, he's campaigning. Unlike all the others who challenge, he knows where it is. He knows how it works. He'd got bladder across the line in 1998, been in this world yeah. forever. He wasn't the European Western guy who seemed like, you know, you're seeing this clash in Qatar now where it's like the Western values versus Good the Lord. rest of the world. So he convinces Warner, swap your loyalty from Sepp Blatter to me. I'm the future. I know you've been with. Yep. And Warner agrees. He says, okay, I'll let you come to the Caribbean. We're having a big conference or the Caribbean Union to members. Address the... You can come address them. Wow. And before, remember, he'd stopped other people addressing his that's forums, right. that's, but now he's saying, and this, so this is the shift, and then he knows the minute this is going to come out, uh, this is going to show to Sepp Blatter, we're no longer on your side, right? So Chuck Blazer finds out about this, and usually Warner and him work in lockstep, but he, he hasn't agreed so on he's this. He's hearing about it for the first yeah, time. Yeah, so they've had this but... money problems with the bribe, and then now he's hearing. I don't like where this so is So he going. rings Warner and goes, what are you doing? What's happening? What, what are, Did what, I miss we, a meeting? We should have discussed this, you know, yeah. like this is a big move for us. You know, I think Sepp Blatter's still the one to back. Sure. 
And Jack Warner's like, I don't have to run it. I'm the president. This is what we're doing, all this. Jack Warner's crossing the line. Is he drunk with power at I think stage? Jack this, Warner he's... just wants money so much. And I think he thinks Sepp Blatter, he's just been the president that's handed over the World Cup to, even though he's done the dodgy deal, he knows that yeah. Sepp Blatter's taken a beating over Qatar and everything. So he's like, the tide's turning. He's let's not gonna survive let's this. pick the new winner. Yeah. At this conference where Ben Hammer comes and speaks, before he comes, he pays $1.6 into a bank account controlled by Warner, and Warner then starts handing out at the conference. He gets up and speaks and leaves, and then Warner arranges for every delegate there to get $40,000 cash in an envelope. For what? To support Bin Hammond. What, so when you check in and you go to your room and it's just there on the end of the No, bed, there like, was a thing. Like a mint on the pillow? He said, go like, in and, yeah, go went in and saw one of the people that worked for Warner, one of his sort of, you know, secretaries or, you know, EAs and admin people. Okay, there's no art to this. And it's, well, people are saying, well, this is not how they normally do things, right? So people are saying, delegates are going, payment. I've got to go back to America. I can't go back with 40 grand cash in my luggage because, you know, you got to declare above a certain amount. So they're all, like, annoyed about it as much. They're like, this isn't how we do bribes normally. Normally we're, <laughs> we've got a level of sophistication. <laughs> Blaze is furious because Blaze is like, one, I don't agree with swapping our loyalty from Sepp Blatter, but two, this is too obvious. This like, is crass. Normally we do it through the Cayman Islands and, you know, all uh, <laughs> gifts, 10 different banks. Yeah, yeah, no, or, yeah we don't just know. hand out. He's waited it's a six brown years. Paper bag with forty grand. In yeah, it. it's just and handed it to a whole bunch of people, right? So Blazer's just furious. It gets out that a lot of the delegates are not happy about this. Mainly not the bribery. One, the switching from slap butter, but secondly, man. just the bribe me, but bribe like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, no. yeah, like, take me out to dinner, <laughs> buy, buy me flowers. <laughs> yeah, don't just go. The money's on the dresser. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Exactly. We're now just at flat out. This is just a what? We're away <laughs> this now. Is the cash. Warner gets up, here's people are unhappy about this. Jack Warner gets up and says in front of them all, I know that there are people who here who believe they are more pious than thou. If you are pious, go to church, friends. But the fact is that our business is our business. We come in the room here, we cuss and disagree and rave and rant. But when we leave here, our business is our business. And that is what solidarity is all about. It's like a mafia it's so speech, mafia. isn't it? It's, it's like Hyman Roth in The Godfather <laughs> Part 2, you know. This is yeah. the business we chose, you know. Like, don't well, complain about it. It's, we're all cool. Yeah. So he says that for Blazer, though, this is just the final straw. They're long. Well, him and Warner. He, remember, he got Warner elected to be president. Yeah, you know, he'd been the architect behind this. They'd both made a fortune. Their loyalty to set. For this, this was the final straw. The corruption was too obvious for him. Everyone knew about it and Warner not run it past him. So Blazer makes this decision, I'm going to back Sepp Blatter. So he picks up the phone and rings Jerome Valky, who's the General Secretary of FIFA. Remember, he was the one that was the marketing guy that the judge criticised in the FIFA MasterCard thing as being dishonest and who stepped down. Yes. Only to be hired back by Sepp Blatter to be his two IC. Hey, he spent his time. Yeah, he, he did spent the his, time. Yeah, he did the crime. Two, two seconds. So Blazer rings him and, and, and tells him everything. He says, Muhammad bin Hammond has been bribing. Warner's gone over. He's been bribing. Yeah, yeah. He's handed out 40 grand. Valky summons the top attorney, Marco Villager from FIFA, and the head of security as well, who's an Australian named Chris Eaton, to his office. And they find him smiling and happy. And they go, what are you so happy? And he goes, tells him about the bribes that Blazer's just told him about and says, 
we can get rid of Bin Hammond now, this next election. That's it. He's cooked. Flatter doesn't have to worry. So they leap on it. They publicly announce there's going to be an investigation into these bribes <laughs> by former US federal prosecutor and the FIFA legal, who's a right. FIFA legal committee member. And they say, we're going to look into this. CONCACAF turn around under Warner and try and sack Blazer. <laughs> so it's all like, you know, their partnerships are all that. Blazer is starting to, is being held up by everyone as a hero. He's come clean. He's blown the whistle. Yeah. He's, he's a whistleblower. He's, he's, he's a whistleblower. He's, you know, he's, he's being held up at, you know, as this guy who's doing all the right things and everything. Warner's now seen as the yeah. bad guy. The investigation starts, and it's an ethics committee investigation I'm from so, FIFA. Here they come. Here comes the cavalry. He's charged with offering bribes for votes. He withdraws from the presidential election. He says, it saddens me the standing up for causes that I believe in has come at a great price. <laughs> <laughs> the vice president of the Bahamas Football Association produces photographic evidence of the $40,000 bribes. Is that right? So he's obviously happy to help set Platter out. And where's Sep? He's always one out. Sep's always just. Back. He is like, you know, in the he mafia, they talk about barriers of yeah. like levels. Like there's always a buffer between, you know. Warner's suspended and Hermanus, they're both suspended. Warner sends through a thing and says, I'm stepping down. I'm resigning from all international soccer. And FIFA say that they note his service. They say, as a consequence of Mr. Warner's self determined resignation, all ethics committee's procedures against him have been closed. The presumption of innocence is maintained. Oh, stop it. So the, this is a repeated, right? You go quietly. If you go quietly, we'll stop the investigation. Well, only, like, it's a total political witch hunt to just it's get rid of It's a win-win for you right yep. now. So Bladder, once again, has seen off his enemies. He's, he's won. There's then on the May 31st of May, the election that was going to happen is the summit's yep. being held. The FA, the Football Association, and the Scottish Football Association, the English and the Scottish, call for the presidential election to be postponed. They call for an independent external party to make recommendations regarding improved governance and compliant procedures for all the FIFA. So they're Has there saying, ever been a third party investigation? No, no. So, well, yeah, they have, but not. they've never gone anywhere. So... This is like SEP's just done the, they've had the 2010 decision for Russia and Qatar yes. rolling into the main competitor being, being, rolled, accused, being rolled, accused Jack of Warner, corruption. But yeah, meanwhile, SEP Blatter's like, nothing to do with me, right? right? You know? In fact, the um, ethics inquiry found <laughs> SEP Blatter, even though he knew about the bribes, when he found out about it, did nothing wrong, did everything right. That so was your official know. finding. Who knew? Yeah. Well done. Who <laughs> operates independently of FIFA? Does it? The yeah, committee? Not really. The Football Association put a, rep a proposal to the Congress, the FIFA Congress, to delay the presidential vote because there yeah. still has to be a vote even though SEP's the only candidate, <laughs> um, saying this is so corrupt on every level, everywhere, we need to delay the vote and get other candidates. Okay. Now, this is where the you know you'd think, oh, well, the, the Football Association, you know, they're huge, the English Football Association, yes. and you've got all of Europe, mainly the mainly Western countries, all saying, yep, we've got to delay this. This yeah. is this is terrible. And so when you grow up, like we're in Australia, and, you know, you hear all this recovered from a Western perspective, you think, yeah, everyone hates Sepp Blatter, they're corrupt, and everyone hates FIFA. But this is where, you know, we've shown time and time again, Sepp knows that's not where the numbers are. The, the numbers are. So anyway, when the, the FA put this vote to delay the presidential vote, it's opposed by 172 of the 206 voters. 
So that it's not even close. Like Sep still has. Right, let's go. Which is what's happening with FIFA now, right? Everyone's saying, well, why don't they? Why, why are they banning letting the beer being banned? Why are they banning the you know rainbow armbands yes. and all that? And people can't, from a Western perspective, go, this makes no sense. Yeah. But they know we're yeah. going to look after you. You know. The proposal that the FA put together was then criticised by members from the Congolese Association Football Federation, the Benin Football Federation, the Haitian Football Federation, the Fiji Football Association and the Cyprus Football Association. So this is the one vote, one yeah. country, you know, they're all kicking back about it. Blatter then runs unopposed in the ensuing presidential election. He wins for a fourth term. Well done, sir. He says he won't run again for president. That's a lie. <laughs> he does. <laughs> <laughs> he then gets this point where he's seen off all these guys and he's gone through and FIFA's on the nose though. Qatar Rush has put on the nose and now Warner and all this stuff happening is now he's seen as corruption. Outside of the organization, the world is The world's going, really paying attention. And he's got sponsors is... asking questions that well, he announces upon his election as president that he's going to be putting in place a whole new corporate government. He's going to strengthen the transparency. He's going to strengthen the ethics committee. He's going to clean up FIFA. This is what Sepp says. He says he's going to sleep about. Chuck Blazer survived too. Now, he gets forced off the CONCACAF executive because he's made some enemies there through war and everything, but he's still on the FIFA executive committee. Except there's that payment I mentioned that he made back in New York. So just after all this goes down, a task force from the US Justice Department has uncovered his financial dealings. They're looking into... Were they already looking into FIFA? They were already looking into FIFA. It's quite an interesting story. There's some good books on this. So the way the US get onto it is they start to notice that their interest is the soccer authorities are basically cleaning money like a corrupt organisation would, like a criminal organisation would, using the US banks and various things. And they start to look into it. People say, oh, they launched their big investigation into FIFA because the US lost to Qatar. Really, I think more realistically, it was already on foot. I think if the US had have won, they probably would have then quietened the thing down, but it was already on foot. (laughs) They were already looking into all this stuff. So they had had this amazing IRS guy who knew all these loopholes, not loopholes, but he knew the law so well. He knew how you could surveil people's bank records there and because he was at the IRS he could pull their tax returns. Had he done Rico? He'd done they, this they, Rico before. gets bored into this. So, wow. yeah, he'd done lots of this before. He'd, he'd worked with the FBI and various other on intelligence cases. on all sorts of things. They had all these people that had worked on those. <laughs> and other, He'd worked on all these things. And this guy. what He'd been he, training for this all his life. All his life. And he was a big soccer fan too. So he okay, wanted to work right. on this. Well, when other people mentioned the names, he was like, other people were like, who? And he, he knew all these people. Yeah. What he had done is he'd set up this watch list basically, which is if the money never went through America, he couldn't pick he them couldn't up. Do anything. But And he also, he could go and request bank records in the Cayman Islands or other places. But those banks are often so corrupt that if you if someone goes and says, I want Mick Malloy's accounts, I'm the FBI, I want Mick Malloy's account. do do that, by the way. You, everything's in cash with you. It's all <laughs> under the bed. Um and ask for the records, they would then go and tell you and go, so hey, they, they're looking into you. tipped off that you're being invested. Yeah, so he was waiting because once you then get the payment, then you can start unravelling all these things. He'd also done a bunch of stuff. So he, Blazer, he was on his record. They now had got this thing and they'd started looking at it and they'd found out he'd never paid tax for about the previous 20 years. Oh, this is a guy living in Trump Tower. Trump Tower with, two with tens of weird, millions of dollars. Uh, Travelling around the world on private FIFA jets. exec co. 
and he hasn't done it. He hasn't lodged a, a tax return, for, and he's made a deposit suddenly. So it's like, where'd you get that money then? If you're not, he's wide open. He's wide open. I think we found a way in. The FBI confront him, and they offer him a deal about a whole bunch of stuff around bribery because they, by this point, they've they've started to really map out his financial movements yes. of money and everything. Like with all this, even though we're going for like episode after episode, I'm skipping over so much stuff because there's yes. just so much stuff going sure. on. And at this point, you've got to remember, he's riding high because he's seen as the guy who blew the whistle on Warner. He's the good guy. Right. Yeah. So the FBI one day confront him and they say, we know you haven't paid tax. We know you've done all this. We're looking into all this stuff with soccer and the US financial system being used to move money around. Yeah. You help us or we'll throw you to the walls. You will be in jail. So what have you, you done, were, like a lifetime of jail? Oh, yeah, he would have. And he's, he, gone. And he's gone. Yeah, And he's, he's a massively overweight guy, not fit. You know, he gets around <laughs> on a mobility scooter. He's lived a life of, you know, like a top exec for all. Like, he does what yeah. he agrees to begin. This is in on December 2011 at this meeting. He agrees to begin working undercover for the FBI. <laughs> this story is just insane. So he's flipped. He's flipped. So Chuck Blazer, who cahoots with Jack Warner, up to his eyeballs in everything. Her. He's the weak link. He's a whistleblower. Now they're onto him. They're onto and him. He's gone. He's turned. He's turned. So he is. Well, he's good though because he knows where all the bodies are. Buried. He knows where all the bodies are buried and all this sort of stuff. So he. He gets a point when we'll get into it. He actually starts wearing. He, they they put a microphone and record on a key fob, and they say when you go and meet with people, chuck that on the table, like your keys on the table, and we can record the conversation. He says someone as rich as me doesn't just throw their keys on the table. <laughs> they get an argument and they are go, they, "You have to do it." Are they the keys to his mobility scooter, <laughs> yeah. or are they the keys? One to- of his many properties around the world. So, so, th- so no one would know, no one would have no, so any this hap- idea. So this happens in December 2011. No one knows. It takes years to come out. So now suddenly they've got a, it's so like the mafia, right? There's, they're using all the Rico statutes. It's the same, same way in. Have they got a big like you know like at the FBI? They got a wall with all the photos. Yeah, they've like started the, doing all of that. It's the U.S. State. Justice Department. They've got top attorneys. They've got the IRS involved. They're all starting to map out, and they realize there's huge amounts of money. They realize that. It's like an operation. Have yeah, they got a name for yeah, it? Yeah, they realize these marketing companies and sponsorship companies are in on it. They're just pulling threads and <laughs> suddenly everything's coming in. Like they're just going, oh, this is amazing. You're like, you know. Okay. And so it's huge amounts of money moving around. 2012 starts to be a bad year for Sepp Blatter. So the Council of Europe, which is this group that has a bunch of parliamentarians that sit in Europe, there's a Swiss prosecutor called Thomas Hildebrand who's been looking into FIFA forever. He's this Swiss prosecutor in this tiny uh, canton in, right. in Switzerland. No one pays me attention, but he's just slowly chipping away and he becomes a big player in his, even oh, to this day. I'm imagining him out the front of FIFA in a car with binoculars, <laughs> yeah. like drinking a coffee. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just you know, like a stakeout. I don't, so from 2005 onwards, he is looking into FIFA and yeah. even now he's got court cases. He's just lost one and appealing it against Sepp Blatter. So this guy is just constantly, you know, going after him. And he finds out all about, remember, International Sports and Leisure, the big marketing yes. company that kicked this all off. He's the one that uncovers all the stuff about uh, Havilland and uh, his son-in-law, Tashira, taking all the kickbacks and the money and right. the things. And he actually gets them, takes them to court. This sort of starts to come out in 2012. In 2010, the court settles and finds Havilland is guilty 
But then they sort of find out that really corporate espionage and corporate bribery isn't a crime in Switzerland. So they sort of let him pay well, a bit a of money. <laughs> and then they also agree we won't reveal the outcome of that court case. This is so no one knows about it. In 2012, it starts to come out. The, the Council of Europe, they interview Hildebrand and say, tell us about it. He tells more about it. They come out and put out a public, very public report that says this is damning and they say it's impossible that Sepp Blatter didn't know about all this. They said, Mr. Blatter was technical director of FIFA from 1975 to 1981, FIFA general secretary from 1981 to 98 and has been its president ever since. Since FIFA is aware of the significant sums paid to certain of its officials, it is difficult to imagine that Mr. Blatter would not have known about this. Well, correct. You're either the most incompetent or corrupt. You've got to be one, one or the other, yeah, it's, which means you have to be removed. <laughs> exactly. Because it's... it's just, That's no the way the whole thing... So um, at the same time, while this is all going on, um, the court case that ended in 2010, it comes out because journalists, they know about it the ruling right. in 2010 that Avalanche is dirty, that Tashira's dirty, and FIFA had been, and it had been suppressed, but they're petitioning the court saying other courts yeah. to appeal, and finally it all comes out. So this all comes out that Avalanche and Tashira had been accepting these. You know, remember it was like up to $50 million worth of bribes yeah, from yeah. ISL to them, right? Wow. So this all comes out. Sepp Blatter is, once again, the accusation is he must have known about it. But not that he. There's no evidence at this point yeah. that he there's took no any trial. There's no, no recorded no. conversation. No, he's there's always no one little step right. He admits at some point around this time. He admits that he did know about these bribe payments made to the other FIFA executives. But he said they weren't illegal at the time. And then he says because it wasn't a crime back then. So he says <laughs> I don't know why you expect me. You know. And okay. then he says. You can't judge the past on the basis of today's standards. Otherwise, it would end up with moral justice. I can't have known what about an offence that wasn't even one. So his, his whole thing was, yeah, they were taking bribes and kickbacks, so but what? it wasn't illegal. Yeah. Now, morally, you could say, or you know, all that money should have gone to FIFA, not to the president. But Seb's in the middle of trying to clean up the place and announce these big changes. So he, oh, He's gone transparent, hasn't he? Yeah, he's all transparent, yeah. apparently. So he announces two guys to come in and clean up the whole place. So he announces right. that former United States attorney uh, Michael J. Garcia is going to come in and a German judge, Hans Joachim uh, Eckhart, they're going to join the organization. Garcia is going to become the chief investigator for the <laughs> ethics committee. <laughs> so he's going to do all the investigations. Um, and Eckhart is going to be the chairman of the chamber that sort of is the judging chamber. They're the ones that the, in, the investigation we've done then presented to the judge gotcha. basically. And this is going to all – is, is there, he says they're going to have free reign. I'm changing the FIFA code of ethics. It used to have provisions that had time limitations. So if something happened five years ago or ten years ago, you couldn't investigate. Yeah. He says it's all on the table. They can look at the 2018-2022 World Cups. They can look into the ISL stuff. Go at it, boys. Sheesh. And everyone says, oh, this is amazing. You know, they've, they've really done it. At the same time, while this is going on, and they're now apparently doing all the thing, Blazer is sent by the FBI to the London Olympics. With a wire. With a wire and tries to meet with people and come, get them to come to his apartment and try and say, basically say things like, hey, remember that time we uh, had that bribe? <laughs> Remember that? And it's funny because you can read some of these and some of them they're going, 
what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking. I don't remember that. As if they were aware. That yeah, that like they're that cagey, sort. you know. They they don't go for it. So, at the same time, though, around this uh, as this goes on, as it gets towards uh, 2013, Blazer becomes less useful because he gets colon cancer. He's in hospital. The yeah. feds can't use him as much, and he's not long for the world, to be honest. So that sort of happens. Right. He's announced he's going to be leaving the FIFA Exco in 2013. He was already on the nose with a lot of people yeah. by this point. CONCACAF, though, their integrity committee has started to look in because after Warner steps down, our good friend Jeffrey Webb, do you remember the guy who was the head of the Cayman Islands that got up no. at the conference and supported Sepp Blatter? I do. He's replaced Warner as head of CONCACAF. <laughs> and he's got an integrity committee to look into it and he gets them to look into Warner and Blazer. Right. And this is... Amazing. So David Simmons, who's the head of the this integrity committee, he presents to the CONCACAF Congress the results. It's he's done a hundred and forty-four page report. He's interviewed everyone except Warner and Blazer, who both had re- refused. Yes. He got up in front of the conference and said, I have recount a sad sorry tale in the life of CONCACAF, a tale of abusive position of power by persons who assisted and bring the organization to profitability but who enriched themselves at the expense of their very own organization. The report alleges Warner did not disclose that when the $25.9 million Havalange Center of Excellence, do you remember that got built on his, <laughs> it got built on land owned by Warner. So when he got sacked as president, CONCACAF don't own it. Water owns it. So there's a th- almost a $30 million, you know, $25, $26 million thing. So he figures out he's done that. So he says, you know, we no longer own that. That's He's got it. <laughs> he just did it. where he lives now. Yeah. And he never told anyone that that was the right. case, right? Um, they also find out that Warner had set up secret bank accounts that only he controlled in the name of the CONCACAF that received deposits from FIFA and went to his benefit alone. <laughs> so the money just was coming straight to him. Blazer received more than $20 million, this is all US, in compensation from CONCACAF in his time in business. He was 21 years there. Yes. 17 million were in commissions while he was general secretary. This was the 10% he took on everything. So Blazer had worked, it was discovered in this report, that Blazer had worked with a contract. He hadn't had a contract since 1998. He doesn't step down to 2011. There was no contract in place. He just worked off the rough agreement him and Warner had made out originally. And his conversation was only discussed three times in the, at the so top level. So no one's level. ever seen any paperwork? There's no paper, there is no paperwork. He doesn't have one, right? Warner knew he didn't have an employment contract or anything. He just works, but no one cared. He never... So Blazer took 10% on everything CONCACAF did, not just what he did, on every bit of business that CONCACAF did. <laughs> so that meant any sponsorship signed, 10% to 10% Blazer. TV kick. rights, 10%. Straight the kick. Ticket sales, 10%. Luxury suite income, 10%. Oh. Parking fees, 10%. <laughs> Beers and hot dogs sold at the stadiums, 10% what? to him. Yep. So he everything. Ate, or, he, or 10% that he ate? It all came or? into an, an internal account called commissions payable, <laughs> right? He took 10% of the development money that was sent to the Confederation by FIFA. So when he convinced FIFA to give him $3 million to build a television production studio in Trump Towers, he took 10% on that. So even when he's even getting... Even they built it for him. He still he took gets, 10%, <laughs> right? For years... He's he, getting a commission <laughs> off his own stuff. Wow. For years, he also just lived off 
the corporate American Express card that CONCACAF paid for. So, yes. he, so he used it for travel, meals, clothing, gifts, everything. Um, they would pay the AMAX bill in full, CONCACAF, so he didn't have to. He then would go through the statements and deduct anything he judged to be a personal expense and just take it from the commission's payable account. So he was never out of dime. Over a seven-year period, he racked up $26 million on this Amex. Oh, that's good going. That's good. Congratulations. Um, and despite a lot of it was personal thing, he kept all that membership points for Amex <laughs> for himself on top of that, right? So he had enough points to swap for 200 round-trip first-class tickets from the US to Europe. <laughs> that's just the points he'd accrued, right? Wow. He did the same with rent. He paid everything on rent. He had two the two adjoining units in Trump Tower on the 49th floor. Together, they cost him $18,000 a month. They didn't cost him. They cost the Confederation. Yeah. One of them was used to keep his unruly cats. <laughs> he didn't really go into it that much. It was just for the cats, right? Oh, my God. So he did all of that, right? So there was that. Rather, <laughs> than, rather than buy a car, he got CONCACAF to purchase a Hummer that only he used. <laughs> he then bought condos in Miami and the Bahamas in, under CONCACAF's name, but only he had the keys, so no one else ever used them. Yeah, cool. So he did all of this stuff right. So the report lays all this out. He also doesn't file tax returns not only for himself but for CONCACAF in the United States, which leads to that body losing its tax-exempt status as a non-profit organisation. I just don't get how it's gone wrong for this one. <laughs> I don't know how this has not come up on anyone's radar. Warner fires back, but it's awkward when this report comes out because yes. Warner has just been named, even though he stepped down from all these footballing things. The, remember, he got voted as a minister, as yes. a politician. He'd just been appointed Trinidad and Tobago's Minister for National Security, which oversaw as a cabinet position that put him in charge of the nation's police and fire service, oh my God. army, navy, <laughs> coast guard, its prisons, and its immigration department. <laughs> <laughs> so perfect. So couldn't go to a better man. <laughs> so anyway, eventually the prime minister of Trinidad comes out and says, "Who is Jack Warner?" Yeah, no, said <laughs> no, so Warner had to stand there. So he stands there. So suddenly now he's he's got nothing. That report then comes out in April 2020. Additional information from that uh, and the unsealed indictment shows that Warner received five million dollars in more than two dozen separate wire transfers to vote for Russia host the 2018 soccer championship. So that's the evidence that he took the bribe for Russia. Right. They were sent from, there's wire transfers that added up to 5 million, were sent from 10 different shell companies in Cyprus, Anguilla, and the British Virgin Islands, and then cleared through correspondent US bank accounts. So that's how they did yeah, business. The traditional the, route yeah. for <laughs> above board business. So this report basically... In this, this is the end of Warner and Blazer, like they've done. And in, just to cover it off, in July 12, 2017, Chuck Blazer's lawyers announced he'd succumbed to all the various illnesses and passed away. Jack Warner is still alive but fighting extradition to the United States. So mm. he's appealed to the UK, to the Privy Council in the UK because it's a Commonwealth country. On he's waiting grounds? on that. Well, he's saying that it's all political and all sorts of stuff. He faces spending the rest of his life in jail if convicted in the US. The US are trying to get him. So suddenly Blazer and Warner are all gone. The FIFA Ethics Committee comes out and clears Sepp Blatter on the ISL oh, stuff, good. which you would have known. Sepp then attends the May 23, 63rd FIFA Congress 
He's not being challenged at this one. He gets up. It's in Mauritius. He gets up. He takes center stage. He's very, at this one, promoting like fresh blood. Like we've got rid of Blazer's gone, Warner's gone, all these sure. bad eggs have gone. I'm still here fixing everything. And you know what? We've got women coming onto the board. He's sort of announces women and equality is his big push. He says that um, one of the candidates, Australia's Moya Dodd, he says she's good and good looking. <laughs> That's how he describes her. And then he gets up at the Congress and he says, after all the voting, he says, we now have three ladies on the board. Say something, ladies. You're always speaking at home. Say something now. <laughs> wow. No filter. So I think we might pause there Can on we that episode. Can we digest all that? And uh, when we come back, it's it's the real end. We'll, we'll finish the Two of the big the guns are gone. One. But Jack Warner and Chuck Blazer, finally uh, gone. Two of my favourites. But uh, we'll get into the last little bit, and the next bit really sees the, the final house of cards come tumbling down. Cannot wait. Thank you once again, Titus O'Reilly. If you want more Sports Bazaar, simply go to any of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. We've got the whole lot. And we also have Bazaar Plus, our membership program, where you can get even more content. The link to that is just in the show notes. Cheers. Cheers.